0: La Galerie Louise, an artistic statement, a novella, a confession. Written by Batsheva Ross. Read by Ella de Burka. Chapter 5 Monique, with the right side of her face covered in a white mask, her head still tossed back trying to dive into relaxation mode, suddenly opens her eyes to the size of small cracks and says, "'But you didn't tell me anything about yourself yet, my dear,' Not even your name or where you come from. You must have a gorgeous story to you. Oh, you're right. Sorry, this is very impolite of me. I forgot to introduce myself, I reply, honestly confused. What should I tell a woman like Monique about me in such context? Answering this question is Always a mix of local tactics and some manifestation of alter ego. What to say? How honest should I be? I'm striving towards fulfilling a precise mission here. It's not really a casual conversation, although it pretends to be one. One might describe it as a conversation between masks. I cover her face with a white mask, helping to mask her age and insecurities while I myself mask my devious intentions to extract money from her wallet with sweetness and care. But what may seem as a polite question from a customer is experienced as direct interrogation. Revealing my own hidden paranoia, I feel the danger of exposure. The focus turns towards the masquerade of my essence, the one of me being an artist and not a beauty expert. As I pretend to be. On rare occasions in the past, I recklessly made the choice of revealing I am, in fact, an artist that is selling cosmetics as a side job to the woman in front of me. Initially, I thought it might damage my reputation I was trying to build as an expert in cosmetics who has spent a lifetime studying in this field. Surprisingly enough, the unexpected truth worked in my favor and proved to be very bonding with customers their faces would suddenly light up and they would look at me with a beam of empathy and respect. An intelligent, well-educated sales clerk with two degrees in fine art convinces them to spend large sums of money on cosmetics because vanity does matter at the end of the day. But for my internal self-esteem, these attempts were a disaster. They were extremely destabilizing moments which made me feel that a real internal conflict of mine is exposed to a complete stranger. Their innocent response was, Wow, so interesting. What exactly does that mean? What do you do as an artist? What does it actually mean? I would think to myself. Even though I could always find an elegant way to drive back the conversation to its representative right to track, I always hated these situations. I wanted to cry out, Oh, no! Please don't ask me what does it actually mean to be an artist. Please don't ask me to deliver an artist's statement here and now, giving you an elevator's pitch which every fresh artist has to pull out at any given moment, describing who they are and what they do and their artistic approach. What do I do as an artist? Good question, dear madame. I don't have a clue. I would never say that, but if I had the guts to be completely sincere with, for example, Monique, about myself, I would give her this honest pitch about my artistic practice. My name is Batsheva and I am an artist, a real artist, yet... My artistic practice these days would be best described as a state of limbo, demilitarised zone. I live in a small apartment which also functions as my studio. The living room is the workshop and my bedroom is my thinking cabin with the aid of my laptop. Scattered around the apartment are remains of my old creations, bits and pieces of ambitious installations presented once in group shows for promising artists piles of old oil paintings in various sizes from various times when some of them were almost sold to art collectors. They flicker through the bubble wrap covering them, surrounding me like ghosts from the past, inflicting a latent dominance of unfulfilled promise onto current days. I blame these remaining for my current state. They are asking me to pursue the thought patterns from my past, But should I exceed them or should I go on to different paths, more relevant to where I am at now? And then again, where am I at in these current days? In hope of inspiration, I sit and watch videos on my computer, one after the other, like a chain smoker. I let the YouTube algorithm take me in a winding path from continental philosophy lectures to esoteric channels about mysticism and conspiracy theories, avant-garde animation, confessions of anonymous adolescents or a tour in celebrity homes. These virtual journeys lead my mind to have a dozen hypothetical theories, beginnings of schemes and a few other guesses. In a sketchbook on the kitchen's table, I make casual drawings of my cat or of my best friend and write some lines as metaphors for inception of thoughts. In the living room, instead of a couch, leans a large plank of styrofoam on which I started up a drawing with crayons but wasn't quite sure yet what it was about. I enlarged and printed photos I took with my phone and hung them with scotch tape on the wall next to the styrofoam plank. They've been there for weeks, and I sit in front of this composition for hours and ponder. Will these photos end up on the styrofoam? Should I draw the images from the photos on the surface or should I glue the prints themselves on the plank? Will that be substantial enough? Does it need something else to be substantial? Maybe the plank and the photos should be separated, side by side. Then they will create some kind of tension? Maybe it's a forceful and unnecessary link. What could be a potential interpretation for this work? What? art historical moment is it linked to? Does it mean anything? (sighs) Maybe it's just a piece of crap, another beginning I should toss away. Then, when this indecisiveness gives me a full-on headache, I go back to my computer and fill in application forms for grants and residencies offered for artists. I write letters for estranged professionals and committees who have the power to decide whether or not I will be granted with financial endowments. I attempt to convince them of an artistic direction, but the direction is still vague to me. I try selling them the notion that my work is valid and important, but of this I am not so sure myself. So I almost always get a negative response with these attempts and it makes me feel like a little nagging child pulling the sleeve of an unfamiliar adult in a world that is not really mine. Still, I continue in a Sisyphean manner pushing myself once in a few days with renewed energy, thinking that, eventually, something must fall into place. Is it working for me as an artist? I'm not really sure. My artistic conflicts are real, for sure, and so very romantic, but I don't earn a living from the artefacts I make in my living room slash studio or from some original theories I have in my head. On the other hand, I do earn a living from this Dead Sea Cosmetic Sales Clerk charade I am putting up here in front of you, dear Madame, but I only manage to have this major success in this side job because it's all a facade for me. If art is all about mimesis, this job is certainly mimetic for me. Yet, it is also my bread and butter. Hence my real life. up smiling at Monique and replying to her with a trace of mysterious exoticness. My name is Batsheva. I come from Jerusalem. It's right next to the Dead Sea. I have a difficult Hebrew name, I know. So you can call me Betty. It would be easier for you to remember. Oh, it's such a pleasure to meet you, Betty. Monique replies, such a sweet woman you are. I'm having so much fun with you here at your store. Ah, Jerusalem, such a, a special place. Hmm. Then she closes her eyes to fully relax in the high chair. The audiobook was created with the support of Level 5, an artist-run cooperative studio based in the city of Brussels.